Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, it's Jeff here. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Let me give you a rundown. Basically, this is the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything you need all in one place. It's what I use. It's what I recommend to everybody I talk to about starting a podcast. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms. That includes Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I did this for our Game of the Year podcast. It went very well. People responded to it very nicely. With Anchor, creators can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And that's what enables Anchor to offer all of its services totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or find the Anchor app in your mobile phone store. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of video games, so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb, and with me is... Mike Minotti, thinking's hard. Thinking thinking is what we do here. We get paid to do it. Other people shouldn't try. They should just leave it to us. Yes, it's just a fool's errand. In today's episode, we will be thinking about news and games. First, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com or get us on Twitter at gamesbeat or at GB Decides for the podcast itself. If you're uh, listening to this on the little widget player thing on the website, you could subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find it. Finally, thank you to Carlos Ayin, who is Insane in the Rain Music on YouTube for the use of 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 the theme song, um, Mike. Yo, how you been? Oh, I'm good. Gosh, we haven't even talked since I've been to BlizzCon. So no, we have things we, have been nuts. Yeah, it's been it's you know it's that time of year anyhow, and it just kept getting busier and busier. Um, but yeah, I mean, how you how are you how are you feeling about 2019? How are you feeling about these these holidays as they're starting to really get ramped up? 
Uh, gosh, I kind of keep telling myself they're like unramping up just so I can get through it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a very busy time for us. Even like this, like last week, I thought it was going to slow down. Then last week ended up being still very busy. So I'm still kind of like, I don't know, getting through it, I guess. But I, I feel like this, like things are going to start slowing down here real soon for real Z's, I think. Maybe I'm just lying to myself still. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I I do think we're going to get on the other side of a, a lot of the game stuff for sure. Um, uh, it, you know, Jedi was the, the last like really big game. Jedi Shenmue, and Pokemon were big. Yeah, like, Shenmue's yeah, what, right. you know. I feel like everybody's re- review of Shenmue is going to be like, yeah, it's Shenmue. And I mean, they're not wrong to do it, but that's like, that right. seems to be what is happening with Shenmue. Right. And then there's a few things in December, but nothing major. Um so yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I do think we're on the other side of it now at this point. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's been a crazy few weeks. Um, we've had, we did have Star Wars, we did have Pokemon, and Google Stadia just launched. Uh, that came right out of like Death Stranding being this huge thing for a couple weeks. Um, I don't know. I, we we could talk about all of that. Um, I, how about I just wrap up my thoughts on Death Stranding real quick, and then we'll get into everything else. Uh, I like so, it. Let's get that out of the way. Um, I'm I'm getting some space between myself and that game, and and I never finished it, but I do want to go back and do that. Uh, overall, though, I I think I like it. Um, I do think that most people still won't, uh, but I think a lot of people are finding the fun once they get into that like third or fourth chapter and realizing that it's just about like building all these roads and building all these systems together. That stuff's really working, and I think um, uh, I. I have like a a begrudging respect for it because it is really dumb. It is still just Kojima at his worst and at his best. Uh, But I I think overall it's it's a, it's a pretty solid game. Um, Yeah. I I need to go back to it myself really because so many other things have happened. I got distracted, but like, I want to play more of it, but there's definitely other things I'm going to be playing first instead. Right. I'm, uh, I am also, uh, I want to get into Luigi's Mansion three. Uh, I still started it. I started it and that's it. I just have not had a lot of time for it. I feel uh, like I, I said this today, but like I feel like Luigi's Mansion Three is like already getting disrespected. I feel like that's a game that everyone's like, yeah, it's like a eighty. I'm like, no, it's a ninety. I think I have a lot of complaints like that this week about games being eighties that should be nineties. Yeah, and like we'll get into it more, but it feels like the most eighties rific like game of the year like nominee lists ever. We're going to be getting this year in some way. It's like the year of the eighties, which like isn't bad, and eighties a very good score, but. We're getting into that, but I, I felt like Luigi's Mansion was like fantastic, and I feel like a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it was real good." Here's like, the, the thing: everyone that talks about it, I know I I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts. Everyone's like, "It's fantastic! It's so expressive, and it's so much fun! It's so delightful!" Uh, so like, I, I I agree with you, and then yet like it does get like left off of the game of the year list for the TGAs or whatever. I, I'll be surprised if it like is in any real contention for anyone's game of the year. Uh, like as a stars. Yeah, I, I, yeah, for real, and, and that's one of the reasons I want to play it because I know you're serious about it. Um, but also, like, I, it it does just it looks delightful for sure. But every time I pick up my Switch, I'm playing um, uh, Fire Emblem. Still, I'm, I'm trying. I'm dedicated to yeah. finishing that. I just haven't had time for that either. So, real, real close. Uh, I, I know I've said that for like weeks now, but I am. I'm real close. I can tell. I saw you're. I was what Plank's Pokemon. I think I saw you were on. They're like, oh, he's getting there. He's plugging. Yes, away. I'm getting there. Yes, I am plugging right. away. I'll be yelling um, about Fire Emblem later too. Yes. Uh. For now, though, I, I have played and finished Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I, I know you're playing it, too. Uh, yes. So, like, w- w- tell me your thoughts, and then I'll kind of get into mine. Uh, I mean, it's it, I like it a lot. It's hitting a lot of the boxes, just the kind of things I like in video games. Specifically, like, 
kind of scratching both a Metroid Prime itch and kind of an Uncharted itch, and it's doing the Star Wars thing very well. Like, it's, it's hitting all the notes, like, with the music and the kind of characters that I like in a Star Wars game. Like, like I, Star Wars these days, it kind of goes a bit more in, like, the edgy route or the sincere route. And I'm v- very much a fan of just, like, sincere Star Wars. Like, these are good guys. These mm-hmm. are bad guys. It's simple. And that's kind of just, like, my, like, chicken soup when it comes to, like, this series. So Fallen Order definitely hits that. I'm playing on PlayStation 4, and the performance issues are a bummer. Yeah, I, so I I played it on PC and I didn't really have any real performance issues. I, I was maybe on my laptop every once in a while, but I think it was because like, oh, I need to switch this to gaming mode, and now it's running a lot better. Well, so. that's the thing, like it has like the performance mode, which like limits it to 1080p, so to get yeah, a frame. And even then, like but that, the, the I, frame rate is all over the place. Right, Digital Foundry said like, don't play it that way. Play it, play it on the the higher 4K mode if you have a 4K TV because. Uh, the frame rate's more more consistent in that mode, and that would uh, make, that would make a huge difference. Okay, I'm gonna, that, that's misleading then. So that's yes. yeah, but I mean, it is like, I, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like some console games that are like this, like Tomb Raider, uh, like Rise of Tomb Raider, like those felt like mildly more consistent or something. Even like Uncharted Four, and I'm not quite sure why this one is chugging along so much more difficultly. Yeah, difficultly more difficult. It's come. I mean, it came in hot. I mean, everyone's right for yeah. that that take. It it. Obviously came in very fresh uh, out of that oven, uh, and they uh, they obviously could have used more time, but the timing's right for this game right now. The Mandalorian is out, and the movie comes out in a month, and the holiday. Like uh, I get yeah. it, yeah. yeah, for sure. And the, yeah, the holiday, right? And that's like there wasn't a lot of games coming out like right after. It's like if they're trying to make this a big deal, that was the right window. And overall, like yeah, it's a bummer, but overall, like people are still going to be able to have fun with this game, and they are. Like it's um. It's oh, that's just, the thing. Like, part of me is almost like, oh, maybe I should wait till there's like a patch or something. But like, I can't wait. I'm having way too much fun playing. Right. And like, ultimately, none of these down. things are like making me like not able to play the game, you know, or, or right. it's almost kind of like what was happening with Link's Awakening where like, again, I feel like the performance issues were like a bummer, but it's like, you know, I can get through it just fine. And like all the positives that I was talking about. The fact that this is basically like a Uncharted Metroid Prime Star Wars game, like that's ultimately way more important. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. And yeah, I think like it's not just like critics that like, are, you know, it, it reviewed really well. It's it's right there in the mid 80s on Metacritic. Um, Does that surprise you? Do you think this this should be a mid 80s? You think this is maybe well, I gave it a 93. Maybe, so, I, yeah, do you think no. maybe this is like part of me is like, really? This like, again, this is such a year of like the 80s average. I'm like, even this one's not the one. And maybe it's the performance issues. That it are is. I think I think it, it is yeah. probably that that's hurting it. I mean. You you hear some other complaints like people don't like the sliding and yeah, I didn't have fine. I didn't have any problems with the sliding and I agree I think it was fun like I people are like oh I just kept falling off the edge I'm like what are you doing wrong <laughs> I don't understand at all I, I think mi- maybe it, it's like it's like they're just like completely over adjusting I think they don't have yeah, the light maybe. touch when it comes to sliding yeah, the, like and I think, yeah it might be one of those things where it's like you're not supposed to hold forward and holding forward like throws you off your momentum or something like that you're supposed to like lean slightly to adjust yeah. Um, so I didn't get that, but like the thing I do get, like the jumping on ropes, that feels weird sometimes. The ropes the, are a little finicky, but yeah. like when, even like those things, when you miss those, they just basically put you right back at that exactly. Twitter everywhere. It's like, it's, I mean, Uncharted had these kind of issues too. And we all know I feel about Uncharted. I don't, you right. know, so whatever. And then there's, there's things that I think people are just wrong about, like, uh, wanting to be able to fast travel to this, to the, uh, to the thing. It's like, no, this oh, is a game oh, no. where 
you unlock the shortcuts specifically as a reward for exploring. And then on the way out, like people are like, Oh, just let us fast travel to our ship. Like, no, no. you're supposed to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if there's fast travel in Metroid Prime, how awful right. that would be. It would be awful. And it's like, it, it, it's they designed the levels specifically so they are challenging to and go through. so well d- designed that way. Like, yeah. Really well done. Right. It's like, and it's not like, like, I guess like the Skyrim dungeons where you get to the end and it's literally just a trap door that takes you back to the beginning. It's not yes. like that. There are shortcuts and things, but you're still like kind of going through new routes and you're like going back to some areas you've been to. And, and it's, it's the reward. easy to go back to other hubs and kind of explore more. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like you did it. You did the work to get through this this challenging maze. You figured it out. You got to the end. You got the power up, and you got uh, you know, you you unlock the new force ability or the new BD one ability. And now on the way out, you're going to be able to go through and go through it in like the th- a third of the time. And maybe you've also like unlocked new force power, so combat's slightly easier. So those guys that gave you a, a bit of a problem early on, now on the way out, you're just going to destroy them. Uh, the, that's like half of the game, and it feels so good, and they nailed it, and that's like where it like that's where it like got pushed up into the 90s for me it's like oh man they're just they're nailing these things where it like it feels so good to get to the end of a dungeon turn around go back out and it's like oh that's just as fun as coming in uh which is amazing to me so that takes a lot of work it takes a lot of design effort and they they really got it um I, I, the, the reason I'm like, other reasons I'm so high on it. I think the story and the characters are really, really well done. Yes, I think it's, especially for you know sometimes Star Wars games can be hit or miss there, but this stuff is really good. I like all the characters. I even like Cal, and I have a little bone pick with you because you were a little mean to Cal in your review. I know Cal's it, a the, sweet boy. You leave him he is, alone. I really came around on Cal. I the problem is like there's some scenes where he is just sort of doing this like. This face that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's just like kind of like the potato just, face. Yeah, like a yeah, like he's got dead face a little bit. Like it's just sort of like sticking out a little bit and and kind of yeah. making like his cheeks are kind of out first in front of every other part of his body feature. It's and it, I'm like, look, Cal, come on, meet me halfway here, and I will totally be into you. And at the end, I was. I'm like, I'm rooting for him. I like want him. To like like there's a potential relationship. I'm like, oh goody, I want that to happen. This is now, fun. This it, is nice stuff. With no spoilers, help me out a little bit with uh, the ending because I heard some people complain about that. Is there anything wrong there? You think? No. Uh, <laughs> so I heard some people say it's not like much of an ending. Like it feels like the game just stops. Or so it's definitely crazy? like it definitely wraps up in a way that is like we are wrapping this game up. Like we have it's done. We're putting a like. It's not like, oh, we're cutting off all the potentials for a sequel. It's not like that. It just means, like, you play a certain game where you are doing a lot of exploration, and then you go to this final level, and it's like, look, we're, we're done with that for now. It's going to be much more like the Uncharted parts, which is a series that I'm not very familiar with, so it took me until after the game came out and people the started The very beginning is very Uncharted, right. first level. And the end's a little bit more like that. Uh, and it's you know a little bit more like you know the older God of War games with some like you know cutscenes that, like, oh, this is a battle, and it's going to have cutscenes in this battle like to really to really hit home just how uh, theatrical this is. Um, but there's so many great character moments. There's so much like bombast. Uh, there are, it's legitimately thrilling at parts where like characters are in danger. Uh, like there's turns where it's like, Oh, you know, a good character is not going to go bad and a bad character is not going to go good, but you are going to gain understanding of, of certain characters in a way that just is like, gave me chills. And there's just so many characters that are just like, so super great, like uh grease and B one. Yes. I'm like, Oh, these are like all time great star Wars characters. I like these guys a lot. 
Yeah, and I think that like there's some characters introduced like along the way that are like just as good or, or if not better. Uh, and the villain, uh, the villain, uh, the second, second sister, sister is fantastic. I guess she's in uh, a lot of uh, yeah, she's in those cartoon shows I do not watch. Right, and I'm like I I, I know there's like a a um critical path watch through of those shows that people should, like recommend. I'm like I might try that because I really am into this character now and I want to see more of Second Sister and I know she's in the comics. I'm going to read those. Uh, it's that kind of stuff where it's like. I am very excited about Star Wars because because of this game. Uh, like they did a great job. Like even more so than the Mandalorian, which is great. Like no, this game is way more my thing. It's way got me way more excited. Um, yeah, I I just I really I really really loved it. Um, I have some questions here from people that we were going to answer last week. We might as well answer them now. Uh, here, let here's an easy one. Do lightsaber colors make your lightsaber stronger? No. Just cosmetic. They, they're by Although on the PlayStation Four, they do change the uh, what, what's that little weird LED thing? The light the, bar. Yeah, the light bar. They of course they the do. Oh my god. Although the light bar apparently can't really emit green, so it's more of like a yellow. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wonder if they wouldn't let it do green, so it wouldn't look like an Xbox. Uh, I don't. I don't know what it was, but like, yeah, when you have like, it's, it almost makes me want to go back to blue because like normally I'm right. all about green, <laughs> but I'm like, eh, <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, I, uh, I I tried all the lightsaber colors. Eventually, uh, they're all really it's it's great. Is there an orange? There's orange. Orange is like the um, orange is what you get if you get like the um, you know, collector's edition. I think is what Shit. suggest. Yeah, I don't have so, that. Well, too bad. Where'd you get the Apparently. code from? Did you get a code from from EA? Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. that it worked for me right away. It was like open e- immediately. You would know if you had it, but that yeah, was on PC. So. Maybe I mean, on PS4. but even still, now I don't care if it's like a bonus. I don't want yeah, to be a, a weird, like, elitist. <laughs> I want to earn my cool orange lightsaber. You know, I'd like, be a one-percenter Jedi, getting <laughs> getting made fun, like, Jedi p- p- uh, pitchforks and torches coming after you. Um, yeah, exactly. You get it. Yes, I do. Um, well, let's see here. Uh, have you noticed somewhat janky-looking movement animation of the main character, like the foot glitching out, awkward-looking yeah. transitions, weird lean-running animations? I think super crazy for these kind of games. To be no, fun. and I, so... I think, it, again, these are issues that may have been worse on console, but it sounds like you haven't really been having them. I, I think there's an, uh, a thing where um, the ambient occlusion is, is not very good. So, like, materials don't shadow other materials very well. So, like, if you look inside, like, uh, Cal's cloak, his cloak should have a lot more shadowing inside of it. And so instead of just looks like a video game material hanging down with, like, universal light on all sides. And... I think it makes characters look very video gamey. Um, uh, but like, in, you know, that can happen with like a foot on the ground, like a foot kind of looks like it's hovering a little bit because that, that shadowing isn't happening. Um, but that's like, it's minor and you don't notice it. Like when the action's happening for sure, uh, you have to actually be looking for it. Um, let's see. Uh, can you adjust difficulty on the fly? Yes, you can. Yes. One of the nice things. Cause yes. I, it's, it, this is like, well, some guys have been doing this, but this is, like, the bis- biggest example yet where, like, a normal mode is really kind of easy mode and then, like, hard mode's really kind of normal mode. If you've been playing games, like, since, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, like us, I guess. I don't know. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to sound at least about it or whatever. No, I know, but, like, but there's, there's a Star Wars want. audience that's just, like, I might check out a Star Wars game and they play one or two games a year, maybe. Um you know, maybe they've been playing Battlefront 2 nonstop since that came out because they're just a Star Wars fan. This is the next Star Wars game. Are they going to check in on this? And, like, yeah, they ha- they have no idea what the hell Souls-like means. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's really good to have that story mode. And I think the story mode is not, like, um, it's not, like, so dumbed down that it is uh, 
like you feel like you're not really doing anything. You still have to sort of go through the mo- the motions of what a souls like would be um, with the, the, the dodging and stuff. It's just that you're not you're probably not going to die. You're going to take some damage, but you won't die. Um, but like, yeah, I, I died a lot, um, especially on yeah, uh, too, like the, the tougher guys when I was playing on master for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, between a day one, a wanga and a yub nub, how would you rank Whoa. the game? Um, I would give it a UTD. It's from Giggy San. Yeah. I'll get, yeah. Uh, UT, uh, UTD. A nice party UTD. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Overall, I, I, I'm really loving the game. I think it's, it's really climbing up to the top of my game of the year list. And um, I'm going to have to like really go back and look and see, um, still feeling high on fire emblem, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, and I gotta play Luigi's Mansion. But right now, I'm like, yeah, this is this is up there. I'm certainly like making my list of like games I still kind of need to play for Game of the Year, and I feel like the two big ones are what the Outer Worlds and Sekiro. Now, I feel yeah, like. and like, I, I, there's like some games I didn't finish that like I liked, but like part of me is like, well, if I didn't feel like finishing them, like Resident Evil Two, I thought was great, but I didn't finish it. The like, Control, I thought was fine, but didn't finish it. But now everyone's I'm right like, there with you. I think Control like, had a really good start, the, and yeah, I'm, like, like, I'm not gonna finish. Maybe Game of the Year. I'm like. Yeah, no. that controls like the poster child for my argument of like this is the most eighties riffed yeah. game of the year like ever. Yes, like nothing sure. against Control, but I feel like you know last couple years Control would not be nominated for game of the year. Right. I mean, people would still like have a lot of respect for it and it would be yeah. spoken of highly. But you're right. Like it would be. Uh, it would have been. It would not be in that conversation in any way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited for where the for how this game is going to perform. I think it's going to sell well. It's um, gonna sell very well. I yeah, mean, I, it's a pretty good reviewed Star Wars games that like it's pretty it's it's a lot easier to advertise this game commercial stuff than say Battlefront. Like you can do mm-hmm. a little story trailer, you know? Yep. Uh, there's none of that weird negativity around either the last Battlefronts, right? Right. So. And they're going to have like, you know, they're going to have a lot of praise from re- reviewers in the commercial for it and be like, oh, you know, one of the best games of the year, stuff like that. It's going to say that kind of stuff in there. And, you know, th- they can absolutely trade on that fact. And then you're right. Like, they're going to have like really likable looking, like well-designed and likable characters sort of being likable on screen for these commercials and people show up for it. And then I really hope it gets a sequel. I uh, Oh, it'll... Probably I think yet. it's inevitable, but just, you know, you never know. Um, cause it's like, it is a game that is going to come and go, right? Like this is what the, this is the thing that, that publishers like electronics are electronic arts, uh, really don't want anymore. This is a game that I played, couldn't put down really love. And if I play it again, uh, you know, I might play it again, like right now. Cause I really do feel like going back and playing again. I just, I really liked exploring that world. Uh, but like, that's not the same thing as an ongoing games as a service game. Like, uh, uh, and I, I just hope that, like, I hope that the way this game got made, you know, with Unreal Engine and Respawn kind of, like, having this other team working on it, I hope the money all makes sense and they can just continue I mean, to justify I, it going I, forward. I'm hoping that EA kind of sees something here that Sony does. It, or not, like, with uh, Spider-Man and God of War last year. Now, obviously, like, for Sony, it helps. Right. There's, like, an extra benefit that it sells systems and that doesn't matter to EA. But, like, those games made lots of money. Yeah, but and EA, EA's trying to sell, like, subscriptions now, right? They're, that's what they're trying to do. That's right, why they're exactly. going back to Steam. Well, that's so why, like, single-player games could have a big, you know, importance for Microsoft. So, yeah, same kind of thing. Right. We'll see. Yep. It's crazy, Tal. So. Brave new world. Yes, it is. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on Star Wars. Otherwise, we can just keep moving along. It's very good. I want to play yes, more of it. it's very good. Um, let's... Let's talk about your other stuff, and then I'll get into Stadia. Let's talk about okay. Pokemon. Pokemans. Yeah, I'm not super far to it. I've really just got to, like, the f- the first gym. Uh, but I think it's starting a lot 
better than Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon was like the epitome of this game is taking a zillion years to get going. I'm, I'm going crazy. Uh, this one, much faster, better start than that. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. I mean, I guess the Elf in the Room is all the Dexit stuff, and I never cared very much about that. I've never right. played the Pokemon. I played every Pokemon game since I was a kid, right? So I've been into I the mean, series a long time. I, I don't think you're alone. Like, the story came out today. I didn't put it in the news. I should have. But um, it was, you know, it's the top-selling Nintendo game launched in the UK, you know, for physical sales, like, since... Like uh, I don't know in years, um, it's and it's like the best selling one on Switch, like the best launch on Switch. Um, it is having a huge debut. It's selling super well. Everyone's showing up for this first real Pokemon game on Switch, just like everyone predicted they would. And it just feels like that Dexit thing was never as real as they always wanted you make it make you think it was. Sure. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, absolutely. I yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's I, it's fun. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's game of the year or anything, but it seems like. You know, one of the better Pokemon games, at least in recent years so far. I know it sounded like I had more to say after that, but that was the end of that thought. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to let Mike really stew on that. Sounds like yeah, he's, really, he's working up to something. Nope. No, I wasn't. Not at all. Oh, fair enough. All right. Um, you want to touch on World of Warcraft, Hearthstone? Just World of Warcraft's weird because, so like, classic, I've been playing, right? And I'm like, oh, 57, so I'm finally almost at 60. Most of my Ooh. friends already are. I just have so many other things to do. And then this update came out, which is the Honor System update. And I'm on a PvP server because all my friends want to be on a PvP server. So people say, oh, it's your choice. Not really my choice. I had to go where they went. <laughs> I did that, right? Like, peer pressure. But that's not just peer pressure. Like, like you know, that's the reason to play this game is because all your friends are doing it. And, you know, they're all in a guild together. So, you know, what the hell? But this update, so there's always you could kill anybody on the other side. But now you get a little reward for doing it. You get honor. And if you get enough honor, you can get stuff like mounts or whatever. And I'm on a I'm on a server where the, the alliance to horde ratio is like 20-80. And 20 is the alliance, and I'm alliance. So whoop the freaking oh, no. do. And now because like all these hordies just want to get honor points. And they can get honor from me at level 57 if they're level 60 still. If they like go snipe level 40, it doesn't matter. They just go to the zones that I need to go to level up oh and my just God. wait at the flight points. There are like seven of them and just kill anybody who lands. I literally cannot play the game anymore. I just have to kind of wait. What like is going on? And That's hope they wild. get bored. It is driving me bananas. I am so mad. And they're like, yeah. oh, where are I? It's like, it's like, I should have got level 60 before this. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Yeah, you no. can't predict the future. That's crazy. So it's like, and it's it, it's a weird thing because like, it wasn't like this the first time around when like they introduced sure. honor. But like, it's so, so different than it was in 2004. People are just big min-maxers now, right? Like they know right. in a way that they didn't. So I'm just, I'm just miserable at the moment in World of Warcraft. And it's like this. It's like this uncomfortable thing because like my friends like they're like you can do this and like still do it if you corpse run a lot so like die, spawn die and like move five feet each time while they kill me till I get far enough away from them. I'm just like I really oh, don't no. want to do that, guy. It's like I feel bad like because like they're all like excited for me to get level sixty and start doing things with them and I was too and it's like uh, right, I already so felt guilty spending so much time playing this one. Like, again, I could maybe be finishing control or starting Outer Worlds, and now this, this bullshit's happened. I'm just, like, mad. So it's interesting. I'm hoping something kind of comes along here, and, and I, I don't know what Is this a problem do. that um, Blizzard is aware of? I think they're aware of it, but it's this weird thing because, like, like, what can they do? Like, the whole right, point of Vanilla is, like, as it was, and this is, you know – 
in a way, quote unquote, as it was, even though even the people are kind of treating it differently now. So I don't know. I don't know what they can do, but uh, maybe it'll be. It might. It'll probably be better. Like after a week, you'll get bored. And once Battlegrounds comes out, which is like the actual PvP mode where people are like playing capture the flag, whatever, they can just do that for their honor points, and they might not be so like obsessed with like camping at the flight points for the alliance or whatever. But uh, we'll see. Fun times. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like a really fun time. No, it's uh, not. It's miserable, and I'm mad. I um, actually am curious about Hearthstone Battlegrounds, though. So uh, how is that going? I'm, I've been playing a lot of it. I'm enjoying it. It's interesting because I know nothing about auto chess. I haven't played right. So any yeah, for people who don't know, this is Hearthstone's like take on the auto chess genre. But what I like about like really, I kind of got a bit over Hearthstone a, a little bit, and this is kind of like oh, I can kind of play Hearthstone again now, even if it's like this right. weird Hearthstone. But that's all right. So I mean, all your Hearthstone knowledge is is like still serving you in this mode, right? I know it's very different. Yes. But no, you're still- exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Everything like this is still good for for me. Like I, I know these cards. I kind of know Hearthstone mechanics and all that stuff. So yeah, it, exactly. You, that's kind of a good way of putting it. And, but it, you think it's a, like, is it a solid mode? I know you don't know about auto trust, but like, is this the kind of thing you could see? Like, you could see why this sort of game is popular. Yeah, I can because there's there's this kind of. It has a good amount of, like, the randomness to keep it interesting all the time, but it's still competitive in a pretty interesting way. It still has a lot of strategy going into it. So, yeah, I, I totally get it. And, like, it, it, it plays itself kind of, but not as much as I thought. Like, so much right. of it is, is, like, the decision-making that you're doing and, exactly, and yeah. all I mean, that. It's like, you, yeah, you're like a, it's like a general manager of a, of a football team sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Time to talk about Google, Google Stadia, you think, or you have anything else? Let's hear it. I want to hear it. Uh, where do I start? You got to ask I, I, before we say anything. Let's rem- must remember who's always hated cloud gaming, who has always been down on cloud gaming, who's always look, been right about cloud gaming. Look, look, it works. It works. It does. Like yes, it works. It worked. It worked for me. I mean, it worked for the Washington I, Post. I, I, <laughs> I know. Did you see though? He got a message oh. today from Google. Like, uh, oh no, it's never going to work in a, a network environment like a newsroom that has like security on it. Like encryption security, like of course it's not going to work there, you dummy. Basically, is what Google said to him. Um, and but he he also said he think he had issues at home as well. I <laughs> I didn't have any issues. It it was perfect for me uh, in terms of the technology. Uh, <coughs> so, I mean, Google Stadia. For people who don't know, this is Google's new cloud gaming service, and they basically it works like you buy a game without a console or a PC or any hardware in your house, and they will stream it. To, to your devices, uh, and those devices could be a Chromecast or your smartphone or computer. Um, you know, eventually it's going to be like, oh, you know, smart TVs are going to have the app for it or whatever. And it's, um, a- a- yeah, and the like the big thing here is they said, oh, we'll be able to do 4K, HDR 5.1, 60 frames per second, and each one of those things worked for me, worked for me like without any issue. And I was getting almost... Uh, really effectively no lag, no lag that like a normal person would have noticed. And I only noticed it in um, really when I was playing Mortal Kombat. Uh, but that was like, an, that, that was always the game that seemed the most like fishy to me. Like right. Mortal and, Kombat. That's right. gonna like, that's a game where if you have any lag, it just ruins. See, and I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it ruined it, but it does like, it felt off maybe. And I think like, so for me, that's a win for Stadia. Like if you can like sell Mortal Kombat 11 to people who don't want to buy hardware, and it just feels off to someone who might 
might think who might notice uh ideally you're selling to people who wouldn't notice um you're selling to an audience that will settle for a slightly downgraded experience because they don't want to buy the hardware and they just want to play through the story mode and and this is going to be perfect for that it's going to really work um but yeah i mean it falls apart when you start talking about like Google's, and yeah, Google Stadia as a concept. Like, so that's my thing. Like, like, so like, you play a PlayStation Four, you play a Switch or an Xbox One, you get this strong sense of platform, right? Right. So even though this thing is, you know, it's 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 very different. Do you still get that kind of sense of a platform? So you do a lot of the controls of like, oh, my friends list and like launching games and uh, and stuff through the phone app, and then then you like fling it up to like your Chromecast or whatever. Um, and, and when you're on the phone app and it, it, like you're adding friends and they have their, uh, you know, preset, um, sort of logos and stuff, it, it feels a lot like PlayStation Network or whatever it does. Uh, but it's not like, it doesn't feel like populated. It doesn't feel like, you know, you could, like I was doing this over the last couple of days, um, like just to, cause Google had this option where you could order, order a premiere version of the, of the launch thing, which is like $130 and it comes with a Chromecast Ultra and it comes with a Stadia controller. And this is for, for right now through 2020, this is the only way to play anything on Google Stadia. You have to get that, that sort of founders edition. Um, but not like, early access founders. I know founders, but one of the things that comes with that is you could reserve your name on Google Stadia. So like you would expect to see like a certain number of names reserved, but like, there's a lot of like, I was searching for people like, you know, normal names that would be like the right age to be on the system, uh, like Alice or, or Ashley or Jessica. Uh, and there was like one person under each search and like, and then like John, like, okay, maybe more men are playing games. There were still only like 15 Johns. Um, it's just not, it doesn't feel like this is a thing that's going to have a lot of people playing it. And that's an issue because Google Stadia is a siloed walled garden. Right, you can't is. play with the PC players or the Xbox. Right, players. it's not. This is not them like spooling up a PC that that talks to the other PC versions of the games. You are basically on a Google Stadia console in the cloud. It's a platform. <coughs> it's a platform, and that means the Mortal Kombat 11 version you get is the Stadia version of that game, and you will only be playing against other people with Google Stadia, which is. Not gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Like that is. Uh, I mean, maybe down the line, maybe. But if you're like, especially right now, when you're just launching this Founders Edition, uh, it's not gonna work. Like the place I could see that actually functioning in a way that makes sense is like once this system goes free, where like you don't have to have the ten dollar version to uh, per month, the ten dollar per month version, uh, and you don't have to have this Founders Edition. Uh, and you could just like buy NBA 2K maybe on a sale for 40 bucks. And you're like, my friends always have this and I always play the stupid mobile version. Uh, but I, you know, I love going to my friend's house to play it. Finally, I'm just going to be able to play at my house for like a fraction of the price. Uh, you know, it, considering I don't already have a console or, or a gaming PC. Um, at that point, maybe, but even then you're still just going to be playing against steady people unless more cross, cross platform multiplayer gets figured out. And, as much as like Microsoft and Sony um, and then like PC platforms have been willing to work stuff out and cut each other in, those are all established platforms. I think they're going to be a little bit less likely to want to work with Google and be like, oh, you're trying to, you know, nudge in on our turf. Sure. Why not? Go ahead and play with us. They're like, no, pay your dues. 
you know, go ahead and like just have other Google Stadia play- players play against one another for months, and then when they start demanding it, maybe we'll add it. But like, they're not going to just do it out of nowhere, you know, just to cut in a couple hundred people playing a game. <laughs> so, like, and, and this is like indicative of like how well or how um ill-considered the entire thing is <laughs> uh, you, you like you are paying the same price as you would on anything else but like on like x cloud project x cloud which is microsoft's cloud uh streaming thing still just a test they say they're very clear it's just technology but that te- technology is going to roll into the games you own on xbox and the games you subscribe to through game pass in 2020 and when that happens you're just going to be able to stream these games you already own and can play on other hardware anywhere you want. And it's just, it's like this additive thing. And that makes so much more sense because I think a lot of people already own a lot of those games. A lot of people already subscribe to Game Pass, over a million people, apparently. Um, you know, probably, it's probably like, I think it was over 10 million people now, honestly. I think is what the it's last one It's got to be more than a million yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's huge. So, like, that's a bunch of people who already ha- have a library of games who don't have to think about, like, okay, what is the benefit for me? going on to Stadia and getting my games there. I could play it anywhere, but then who can I play it with? And if I, you know, if I get home and I do have a console, I can't play it there. So it's like, you could see it just breaks down for people who are already in gaming, right? But then, uh, but then who are the other people that this is for? Is it for this really casual audience? I mean, I think I described a very narrow person who this was for, someone who might be into the NBA 2K franchise, maybe. But I think, if you look at it much wider than that, it's like I, you're looking for people that don't exist. People who would be buying $60 games if only they didn't have to buy hardware. And I just don't think those people exist because they don't like buying hardware because it's expensive. And they don't like buying games because they're also expensive. $60 is still a lot of money. So there's no free-to-play games on here, really. Um, you, I guess Destiny and that, like, eventually, that you know, like, that'll be free. You could just come on here and play that for free no matter what, and play the free-to-play version um, without any upfront cost at all, uh, except, for, you know, like, you know, you have to have a, a PC to, you know, with the controls or maybe a Chromecast and your own controller. I, I don't know. It's still fuzzy on how a lot of that stuff's going to work, but <clears throat> like, there's no, like, Apex Legends, and there's no, um, you know, there's no Fortnite there's no, like, or anything like that. Warframe or... Warframe, yes, exactly. Warframe nothing- seems like a game that should be here. <laughs> Right. And it's it's wild that like that wasn't the like, a big part of how they were positioning this. Like, yeah, sure, you're gonna get Destiny with this with this early founders edition. Maybe you'll buy one other game, but then there's like all these service games that are free to play that you guys are already playing uh, already, or your friends are playing, and now you can get in on it without having to go and buy uh, you know a three hundred dollar hard you know console. Um, but like e- even once you add those games in there, it still feels like, um. I, I don't know. It just still feels like the, the most people like that audience is just still not going to show up for for this because they're going to have to deal with their network. And if there's any lost frames, it's going to be a bad experience. And that's going to, uh, you know, that's the like, thing with like the latency, like even, you know, the Washington Post thing, right? We're talking about how well that's a new busy newsroom with all these security things. But like it's so easy for whatever whenever that situation happens or somebody to take a video of it, put it on Twitter. and People say, hey, look, this is Stadia. And it's like worst right, case that is scenario, scary. right? Yep, you're right. That, that it doesn't matter that I had a good experience with it. Right now, the narrative is that GIF of of Gene Park at and the Washington Post newsroom is what Stadia is. Um, it is like a it's it's going viral. People are that's what they're pointing to. Um, and yeah, that's going to spread. And it's going it's poisoning the well for for any potential chance for Stadia to turn this around. Um, and 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 you know. 
just because I had a good experience, I can't tell anyone that like, oh, it actually works for you. I have no idea what your networking solution at home is. You could have the same speed as me, but you could be further from a Google uh, data center or your router could be on the fritz or just a shitty router. Like you could just have a bad router and and that will completely torpedo the whole thing for you. And and it's like, it's not going to take that much. And it's, and the fact that I can't, um, the fact that I can't give an actual recommendation about like how well this actually all works is uh, like an obvious weak point for this whole thing. Because if it's an Xbox, I could tell you what you're going to get for your money there. And it's going to work the same way for you as it does for everyone else. You know what to expect. Uh, and Stadia, it, it, it's like, who knows? Now, again, in 2020, at some point, you're going to be able to try a lot of these things uh, uh, for free. And there, you know, you could go in there and try Destiny and see how it works. At, at no cost. Maybe at that point, p- people get in there and see, oh, it does work for me. I'll get in there. But it just feels like this friction that they're removing of not having to buy the hardware. Okay, you've removed that that pain point, which I think we can all admit is a pain point. But it's not like they're, you're introducing other ones, and they're ones that are more intangible and harder to understand than I save up for a few paychecks to buy hardware. Like, I, I, people understand that. They know what it means to go out and buy a new device, a shiny new gizmo, and, and all the things that come along with that. And, and they're also, they also have their own intangibles, but they're all positive at this point. I am not just buying the hardware. I am buying into this ecosystem that has all these other people that are playing, many of whom are my friends. And Google Stadia doesn't have that. No guarantee it will have that. Um, so it, it is a tough sell. And it does, it, it really feels like Google did not understand who they were making this for. Uh, and, and I, you know, it's, to me, it, it's a transparent, it, like, it, it makes it transparent, like what this was really all about. Google wants to make gaming work because they want to have a way to fund their expansion of their, of their cloud servers, which are going to serve them in business needs, you know, down the line as a, as AI spreads and they want to have super snappy AI. They could put it in these data centers that are closer and closer to people's homes all throughout the world. And gamers spend a lot of money. So it's like, it, like you could see why, like the, the strategy there. And I think Microsoft strategy is exactly the same, but Microsoft has a gaming strategy and Google didn't. And Google's just like, we're going to try, you know, and see how we can make this work. Let me ask you this question then. So, I think we both were thinking that this launch is not going to go very well, right? Right. So, like, how do you think Google is going to respond to that? It's tough. So, right. So you got to think like they are going to ha- like push this in. They're at least going to make a couple of efforts, right? So, like, they've had this first effort, and it was—I mean, it's a disaster. I think. Um, uh, I, I doubt many people are buying into it at this point. Uh, but there, but it is going to drop many of the barriers next year where you don't have to buy this Founders Edition and, uh, you know, you could, you could just try 1080p without having to pay the $10 per month to get 4K. And at that point, they could relaunch and they could add a bunch of new games. But I still think they are going to – they're going to be hamstrung by the fact that there aren't necessarily a lot of, like, exclusive they, they can go out and buy and add to their thing because content is, is absolutely – like – Microsoft and Sony want as much content as possible. Other publishers are battling over content. So any developer with like a decent sized game that looks like it could sell and get people excited, there's going to be a lot of competition for that. And Google is going to have to pay a ton of money to get those games. And it just doesn't seem like it's willing to. Now, assuming it gets to the point where it's like, we have a ton of money, let's spend it on some of these games. Maybe, maybe they could launch with something that's like very exciting and 
Or like maybe this is like the best place to play Cyberpunk because it doesn't run very well on consoles and the new consoles haven't launched yet. And maybe they could position that. But it, all of that is like everything has to go right and they have to nail everything along the way. And they have not shown that they are capable of doing that. Um, you know, and at the same time, it, it, their their own games coming out of Google are years away. They only just opened their first studio in Montreal a month ago. Uh, right, like yeah, that I mean, they are they're hiring still. This is not like they have a team working on games. They're hiring. They're building up staff to get ready to work on something. They probably don't even know what kind of game they're gonna make. That is years a away. Sweet one, <laughs> yeah, the dope, the dopest one. I, it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, my bet would be we're never going to get a game, a real like AAA blockbuster game out of a first party Google studio. And this thing will fizzle out in four years, probably at the, at the longest. Um, but you know, I don't know. It, they could surprise us. It just like right now, I would not bet on it. No way. Sure is weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. It's for nobody. It's the. It's for nobody. It's for nobody. Yeah, right. It doesn't seem to be for. It's, it's, except for just like the most like it, curious techies, right. I guess. <laughs> sure, and that, that's always the case with with everything. But it, you know, and we talk about this all the time. Where like, if you're a company and you have a a, a product that is any way related to gaming, if you focus on making it a gaming product and you really do the work to win over that audience, you will get rewarded because gamers will pay more than the other audiences. We will pay the premium because it says gaming chair on it or whatever. Um, <laughs> Need it. Yeah. And if like, you really nail that, like if you really get that right, uh, but, you know, people will show up for gaming webcams and stuff for their Twitch streams and all kinds of like, like there is a ton of money to be made there, but you have to do the work up front to actually understand the problems and, and the issues and, and the, and the concerns that gamers would have. And again, Google just, it, it just goes right over their head. So Good luck to them, I guess. It's, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. And again, it, it like the, the tech worked really well for me, but like things are supposed to work. <laughs> like, of course, yeah, it, right? Like, of course, yeah, it better like, work. That's the bare minimum. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. I, I just, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. All right. Um, that's all I've got going on, though. Uh, that's been taking up most of my time. I like, I guess you, you said you've got two games you're looking at, like to, uh, to like to play before game of the year. I want to get into Disco yeah. Elysium. And I definitely want to play Luigi's Mansion 3. So that's where I'm at. Those are my two games, I think, that I want to try. Yeah, so. cool. What is Disco Elysium exactly now? That's like, so it's like a a detective RPG for PC that is, the, a lot of people are comparing to Planscape Torment. So it's like, okay, yeah. It, it, people and, love their Planscape Torment. Right, and people seem to love this. So uh, I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see. All right, Mike, let's get into news, though. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's get through all this. Um, NPD happened last week. Uh, yeah, Nintendo Switch was the top seller, of course, because again, it's like it's in the you know right in the prime of its life. PlayStation Four and PlayStation Xbox uh, One are on the way out. Uh, but then when you like look at overall sales for the month for like software and hardware and accessories, it looks like it's a really bad month. Like it's down thirty four percent from uh, one point five seven billion to one point zero three billion for total sales. Uh, but like when you dig in, it's like okay, last year had a full four weeks of Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, and Red Dead Redemption 2 launching in, in October 2018. So the comparison was never going to be good, no matter what came out this year, because Call of Duty was only out for two weeks this month, or again, in October, and there was nothing on par with Red Dead. Um, and, and then, you know, so it was a really solid month. I think um, uh, Matt Piscatello from the MPD said it was, um, you know, it was one of the top 
Octobers ever, and especially if you take out last year's, I think it was like number two or number three in terms of like the the best Octobers of the last 10 to 12 years or something. Um, And then, you know, we can get to the software list. Of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was number one. Uh, Are you looking at the list or you want me to quiz you? What do you think was number two? Oh, oh, um, no, I'm looking at it now. I blew it. It's like, as he said, I'm looking at the list, I opened it up, and then I saw it before I could guess. Oh, no, okay, no worries. Then, yeah, I mean, the I ruined program. your game. You can tell me I'm bad. It's fine. <laughs> you're an awful person, and yeah. you ruined the entire show. Well, now you're cutting too <clears> deep. <throat> the Outer Worlds was number two. Luigi's Mansion was number three. And again, Luigi's Mansion is a Nintendo game, so it doesn't have any digital yeah, yeah. sales. Only October 31st was when it came out. So, like, like one day, technically. I mean, I don't know how much that really matters, to be honest, because so many games make all their sales in that. I mean, it definitely anyway. it definitely makes a difference uh, more for some games than for others. But, it, you know, it's still impressive to jump to that high in, in the first day. But you're right. The bulk of the sales happen on day one. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the list is, is familiar games from the last couple of months. Madden, NBA, uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recount Breakpoint, stuff like that. WWE 2K20, I think, debuted in October. It was number seven. So I, 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 I mean, don't quote me this. I think those usually do higher than that. I do. Th- so I think so there as was well. a bump, but uh, yeah, don't quote me on that. I, I think I mean, right. this would be the one where if there wasn't, then like it doesn't matter for these kind of right. Games. It's all over, right? Exactly. Um, and, and it's like they're just never going to try because they, they just continue to sell. Although I think may, maybe the backlash will come at two K twenty one because that's sometimes how it works. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Ring Fit Adventure was number ten. Actually, that so. seemed pretty good for that yes. thing. I'm you know. For what it was and for how, like, quote-unquote little hype there was. Right. They, you know, they just sort of announced it. Or they teased it, announced it, and then released it really fast, like, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And, yeah, it seemed to get enough buzz to, like, really you know, move up the list. And this is th- this list is ranked by dollar sales, and that costs $80, so it gets a little bit of a benefit because it's a little bit more expensive than, than other games. But, like, even still, like, that's pretty impressive. Um, And then looking at the rest of the list, yeah, again, it's just, like, a lot of... A lot of favorites, a lot of Nintendo, uh, Link's Awakening, Mario Kart 8, um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Breath of the Wild all in the top, you know, 20. Yeah, those, those evergreen Nintendo games have been pretty mm-hmm. evergreen. I think, yeah, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, Grand Theft Auto 5, way down at 14, finally. I think I, I think that'll really? probably... Really? Yeah. Finally happened, huh? Yeah, I think it. I, I feel like it's going to bounce back, but maybe not. Maybe this is like where it's... it's now that we're at the end of the generation... After the one where it debuted. Right. They're, they're totally going to have, like, a refresh event for that game to go alongside well, the next consoles, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they're, I mean they are got to be at least in the middle of production on Grand Theft Auto 6 now. Like, that's oh, going to be a thing they? soon at yeah, this point. I guess so, yeah. Like, it's hard to imagine how big a deal that's going to be now. Like, that's... I feel like that's automatically going to have, like, the best, like, first day, first weekend, first week oh, sell yeah. for any game ever. Like, yeah, without just automatically. Doubt. By default. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, all right, that, that mostly does it for MPD. It was, you know, we, we have the full report on the site. You guys could check it out. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, the big takeaway is it was a much better month than it looks at, uh, than, than what when, when you get when you look at the numbers. The numbers make it look a lot worse. Um, Mike, what, Yo. what Valve has a, a Twitter account <laughs> now. They're tweeting. What's going on? But uh, yeah, there's, there's a new Half-Life game happening finally. That is uh, weird. Right? It's just so weird. Like, even like, yeah, this is like... A, a, a VR prequel game, it sounds like. Like, something in between Half-Life 1 and 2, and you play as Alex Vance, the, uh, the, the like, the sidekick from Half-Life 2 in the episodes. But still, like, after all these years, like, oh, Valve is making a new Half-Life game. 
Like, which is so bizarre that we got to that point, because, like, Valve was the Half-Life company. Now it's like, whoa, they're actually going to make a Half-Life game? That's crazy. Right. <laughs> we've How far we've come. Um, right. So, like, what are the details? that Like, they are going to announce they're, it this They're week? going to... I, it seems like they wanted to announce this at the, uh, the Game Awards, and, like, it, it got leaked that it was happening, so now we're getting details on Thursday. That's what's happening. That's probably good, though, right? Because it's 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 a VR game, and I think, I, like, you try to put that at the Game Awards, it's just going to get backlash. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, I mean, it's going to be Valve VR, so it's not like you're going to be able to play this on PlayStation 4, right. uh, PlayStation VR. You're going to need Valve VR to get into this thing. Hmm. Now, they... They haven't like done that with the, some of their other stuff. I think you can use. Well, I guess well, you would. Need their, like the lab is their other big. They, there was some kind of portal thing, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, and I guess I, I guess you need their controllers to make that right. work. I, I mean, that's the other thing. You're like this closer. But. This is the first one that's like it's not like an experiment, right? Right. This is uh, you know like, that's what we're all thinking. Right. This turns out it's like a two hour long like who's he what's it? But it seems like this is going to be like a very big game. Yeah. So uh, I mean, the, the the positioning is like oh, it's like they're. You know their their big AAA game for VR for for the Valve Index, which is like their one thousand dollar VR headset. Um, I mean, I'll play it. I'll give it a shot. I'll try. I got they sent me, they sent me a Valve Index to review, so it's it's sitting right there. Uh, I might have you send me one of your worst handy down ones then, because I only have PlayStation VR. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think I might have the old uh, Vive that might right. work. Yeah. And to be clear, like I love Half Life, especially right. Half Life Two is like one of my favorite games. Like I think that game. Like it, it gets you know tons of love all the time, and I still feel like it's underappreciated somehow. So, and I'm like one of those people who just like had a hard time accepting like, uh, what are they just not going to finish Half Life Two because they had a big cliffhanger? Like that bothered me immensely. So, like I'm I'm like even if like I'm not necessarily ex- super excited about this project, just the fact that Valve is making right. a Half Life game. Do you think it's indicative of more? Right? Like I mean, they, yeah. I know they've said that they're they're getting back into making more games, but like they said, a lot of things. It has to be. It it they, they, it has to be. I mean, you know what does has to be mean? But it certainly certainly feels that way, right? Right. I, I mean, I could see a world where this just comes and goes, and they don't do anything else. But I think you're right. This it does mean that they have more in the works. They want to be a company that also makes games, and this is part of that. So. So cool. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad to see this is really happening. It, it's wild. But if like you had told me the day before that like tomorrow Valve is going to begin teasing their Half Life, their next Half Life game. I mean, what does it even look like? It's right. been so long. Like, right. Forget about the VR stuff. Just like so many questions about this thing. Right. Oh, excuse me. Death Stranding is the biggest new IP launch of this generation in Japan. Um. So that that I mean, I think that's a sign that that game is really doing well. Um. It, you know, the, the, of course, there are games that are bigger, but they all come from known franchises, established things. Uh, Although but, Kojima himself is basically a franchise at this point. Right? And I think that's a big part of that, right? You yeah. think like that the people are showing up for Kojima, especially in a place that would know like Japan. Uh, and I mean, I guess, I mean, even worldwide, he's kind of known at this point. I think a lot of people in America are going to buy it because of Kojima. Oh, I, absolutely. Even in, like you think most most Americans don't you know follow game creators most. Most people that play Metal Gear Solid know who Hideo Kojima is. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do think they showed up for that. I I, I wonder, like, what the long-term takeaway from that game is going to be. Um, I, I think overall it's going to be like, oh, it's think, super weird, but also I really loved it. It was just... Yeah, it's hard. I, I don't know if it's going to have much of an impact on the industry. I think it's going to keep allowing Kojima to do his thing, for sure. I don't know if we're going to suddenly get all these, like, auteur weird games like this from other people. 
Uh, speaking of weird auteurs, let's uh, get this one out of the way. John Carmack is uh, stepping down, stepping sideways from his role as chief technical officer at Oculus. He is going to be a consulting CTO at Oculus going forward. Uh, but he basically he said he's going to be working from home on a general artificial intelligence, uh, which is like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you like, read this as he got bored of VR a bit. I think he, I he feel like feels like the work he's putting into VR is not worth his like the 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 return he's getting from his own personal investment is not worth it. Like it's like he is doing all this stuff and think of all this stuff, and VR is not big enough to really justify that. So he wants to work on something that's big, right. And the future, and that is is not VR at this point. Um, also, it's interesting, right? I mean, also like was- this is probably just Facebook maybe pulling back from VR, like. Oh, John Carmack. Hey, we pay you a lot of money to be the CTO of this company that that we're not going to be investing that much into. Uh, we are scaling back. So, like, do you want to maybe come do something else? Or and he's like, actually, peace. I'll like, I'll keep overseeing, uh, you know, Oculus here and there. Uh, but most of my time, I'll just kind of be working on my own stuff at home. Is is this, that's what it sounds like to me? Sounds like to me. Yeah. Um. XO19 happened in London, uh, or, or X019. I don't know how they actually say it. Uh, this was uh, the big Xbox fan event, and they had a, a, a presentation with a bunch of news things that they dropped on the first day. Uh, this thing was so long. <laughs> yeah, it was really long. I think it was one of their better inside Xboxes, but it that's was. not saying much. Um, I, I still don't understand why it's like a live theater yeah. show, because uh, there's still all these awkward moments where there's like live mics happening, or like people staring at a camera too long, waiting for like a ghost signal. It's like, why don't you just like make this a tighter, snappier, more entertaining, like pre-made video, like a Nintendo Direct? Yep. I mean, so that's exactly what Sony's doing. I think I think Microsoft needs to ape it as well. Um, I think you only have one of these live presentations from an, from a theater when you know you have banger announcements. Like if you are an like if they want to do this when they announce the, the next Xbox, that's going to be fine. Everything they announce is going to get huge cheers, and if it's a little bit awkward, no one's going to care because they're going to be so hyped or whatever. I um, just say like this was basically. Not there's anything wrong with it. It was basically them announcing a lot of double A games. Yeah, I mean, and and then like making some news announcements about like their services. Um, so here, you uh, covered which ones did you cover? Everwild or yeah, the uh, the rare thing which we don't know much about, but it's another rare kind of fantasy looking multiplayer game. It's interesting that it looks like another like multiplayer game that's not going to be kind of an MMO. It basically looks like they're going to be able to reuse a lot of Sea of Thieves tech into this thing. Right. It seems like they're maybe they see potential in that type of game and they are spending it out into something new. Um, Now Obsidian is doing something completely different. I accidentally muted myself. Um, I was wondering what that was. Yeah. uh, Obsidian normally does like, you know, RPGs, open world games sometimes. Um, But now they are making a game called Grounded, which is a survival game where you are smaller than an ant in your backyard and you have to face down like horrifying insects and stuff and other other creatures. And it looks it looks cool. It looks small. I want to like this more than I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to play it, because it's like, I mean, they're releasing it in early access, so it's like, you can never tell. Right. I mean, part of me is, like, survival, and then, like, I know it's, like, a small team, but there's still, like, some, like, the character designs just look really ugly to me. I'm like, yeah. I kind of think we do something a little bit more, like, I understand you're not going to be lifelike, but could we do something a bit more appealing? Yeah, and I, mean, I think, know? like, this is the kind of game where they can change that and update update that stuff over sure. time and get to that point. 
Um, as long as like the the underlying game is good and off the plate to sort of see that, but uh, they seem confident like, in it. So I don't know why I'm just worried about playing as a bunch of young teenagers. I'm like old now. I'm like I'm gonna hate all these kids, aren't I? <laughs> I'm gonna think they're all annoying. I'm yeah. not gonna like any of them. Yep, for sure. Uh, I hear that's uh, one of the big complaints about that after party game, which apparently came and went. Is like the characters are very grating to anyone who's above a certain age. I'm like, yeah, I played I'm, I'm that at a that bunch of preview events and it was like there's things i liked about it. it was cool but it was totally like you know it's two 18 year olds that i no longer identify with at yes. all and now find kind of annoying it's like you ever see boyhood i love boyhood okay i hate boyhood but beyond that the thing i hate the most is like the very end when he's like 18 going to college and like it ends with him like telling this girl and the audience what life is about i wanted yeah. to just throw something at my tv yeah and maybe that was the point i don't know yeah but maybe, maybe i was worse but i was just so <laughs> that's like <laughs> i know I, I get that for sure like he's still a shithead yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a little shithead with his like little shithead haircut yeah exactly piercings you know now i sound really old his ear piercing <laughs> yeah for sure yeah exactly no you i think you were supposed to feel that way absolutely but i get what you're i get what you're getting at for sure um other stuff from XO19 was like a, uh, Age of Empires 4. Uh, they showed some gameplay looks of good. that. Yeah, it looks it looks really solid. I think the uh, the the RTS fan base is probably going to show up for this because they starved. Damn. Yeah, exactly. They have not not a lot going on, and this seems to be like a real effort from Microsoft to like really make this work. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of games, they showed just a lot of trailers, showed a bunch of other stuff. Uh, there was some smaller games announced, um, but you know, you could, if there you guys. Like- Five yeah. seconds shown of Ori and the Will of the Whips in like some giant montage. Right, it was so long it was like numbing my brain. But then I saw Ori. <laughs> there was like a gravity-defying minecart and all this stuff. I was like, oh my god! I guess I didn't bring that up, but I replayed Ori on the Switch recently. Uh, the oh, first you did? One. Wow! Yeah, okay. played it through hard mode. Kind of one hundred percent of it. One hundred percent that game's a little weird, but I kind of did. Right, uh, and it's still uh, fantastic, and it's amazing, and I love Ori. So yeah, uh, but like it, it was, it was that sort of thing. It was that level of like montage of like a bunch of other games that we either knew about or maybe some like uh, small announcements, short trailers from third parties that are going to be working with Microsoft. Um, the the other big news was like, okay, what's going on with XCloud? What's going on with Game Pass? Uh, Game Pass is getting a big expansion, 50 new games between now and the end of the year, or maybe the er- early part of next year. Uh, but they're getting stuff like all the Yakuza's that are on PlayStation 4 at this point, and all of the Final Fantasy games that are like that they've well, ported that's not recently. Game Pass. The Final Fantasy games are just coming to Xbox One. I don't think it's part of Game Pass. No, nope. Final no, Fantasy you're right. is. You're Kingdom right. Hearts Kingdom is Hearts isn't. Right. My mistake. Right. I made that mistake too, but it was a Final Fantasy is. So it's like Final Fantasy 7 and 8 and 9 and. 10 and 10-2. It's almost where Kingdom Hearts just isn't. Yeah, and Kingdom Hearts whatever. isn't, but it's coming to Xbox. You're right. So that, that right. Was, so the, those Kingdom Hearts collections that haven't been on Xbox now will be. Right. Um. But but it's just a ton of games, and it's like a, it, like a good deal just got better, and then they announced that, like, if you haven't signed up already, you can get three months for $1 of Game Pass. Uh, and I think it's Game Pass Ultimate, even, so it works on both your PC and your console. Um, and then like as part of that deal and really anyone that has game pass, you don't have to sign up at this point. If you already have it, you get one month of EA access, you get three months of discord nitro, and then six months of Spotify, Spotify premium. And this, so this is like their big holiday push for game pass. Like, Oh, you get all these other services as well uh, for just $1. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, um, that's going to win over quite a few people. I think that's a a really enticing bundle of, of, of things. Um, I did hear though, like, do you, like the EA access part was weird 
because I was expecting something else and they didn't announce it. Uh, apparently, and I know this one sounds out there, but this is really what was going to happen is Microsoft was paying EA to add Jedi Fallen Order to the preview of xCloud so that uh. it would be in there for people to play. And like you wouldn't have to buy uh, buy Jedi Fallen Order. If you got accepted into the preview for free, you would just be able to play that game. And then I guess EA bailed out at the last minute thinking like this is really going to cut into sales way more than we want it to. Uh, let's not do it. But it was it was in the works and it was going to happen. Uh, but it, so then instead, EA is like, how about we give you a month of EA access to butter up people for uh, Game Pass? And that's what they came to. So pretty, pretty strange. But xCloud, xCloud itself. So like, you know, no Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is, you know, maybe that's a bummer, but you didn't know it was going to happen before. But they did add like over 50 games or like now there are 50 games. So if you're in the preview for that, there's a ton of stuff to play. <clears throat> and again, this is all like you don't have to pay for any of these things. Um, but then in 2020, Microsoft said, Microsoft said it's going to begin adding xCloud to your library of games that you do own on Xbox. And then. Um, it's going to come uh, become a part of Game Pass as well. So uh, they didn't really explain if that if it's going to come at like an extra cost. But what the way they made it sound is, it's just going to work. And if you own a game on Xbox, you will have the option to play it on you know uh, your PC or your your console or through the cloud on any device you want. Um, and that's you know that's the way I kind of imagine this whole thing working. And I'm I'm very excited about that. I think they really they're really nailing this this launch as they like slowly roll out like how it's going to work. Um, and 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 yeah. Um, what were your takeaways from XO19? Anything like anything big there that you wanted to talk about? Uh, just like that. You know, oddly, the most exciting stuff they're doing seems to be these services like uh, Game Pass for sure, X Cloud, even you know, big cloud skeptic like me. That certainly seems like the best of them. Right. I mean, cause um, it's not gonna. It's like it's right. You don't have to like abandon anything to get that, right? Yeah, but again, like, in, you know, I don't mean to be all kind of uh, high my bet, but yeah, a lot of like double A looking games, and I'm like, sure. I'll probably play some of these for a few hours, and or, or not at all. Like, I probably, I probably am never going to play Grounded. I'll just go ahead and say it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Well, I, th- more, I think like, there's a lot amazing. of people that just don't like survival games, and then like, if, it's not, it. if it's not appealing to you, also on top of that, like, yeah, uh, and I think that's okay. And there's like another new like Annapurna game, and you know, so I'm like, eh. yeah, I think I think it's like if um, a lot of these games don't have to be like super, they don't have to be appealing in the way like a lot of games have to be when they're trying to stand out on their own. If they are just part of a service, and that's like right. an, it's a name on a list. You feel like yeah, it's a little bit there's different. fans of Annapurna, the story of his games, and now you can get those people excited about. Right. Uh, and like yeah. if your friends start playing Grounded and you just have it on Game Pass, it's like, oh, OK, well, I mean, I mean, that's I guess that's why I keep subscribing to this thing, because one night they're like, let's play Grounded and I could just start playing it with them, uh, either install it or I could just stream it and not even have to take up room on my, on my hard drive tonight. Just play it the one night I'm going to play with them and then forget it like uh, that's like, they are building a, a platform that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. So, yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's exciting stuff, but I think I'm, I'm with you where it's like, okay, we got to start seeing some maybe bigger games and Spencer, Phil Spencer, who runs Xbox did say when he looks ahead to the events for Xbox in the future, he doesn't have any on his schedule where they're not announcing games, like whether or not those are going to be the big games, the triple A games that we're kind of hoping for. Uh, that's another story, but at yeah. least they're announcing stuff now. So I guess that's still like the thing, like where's like Microsoft's triple A games that aren't a Halo or Gears of War. Right. And I think they're just going to have to wait until, until they're ready to talk about Scarlet in the next generation. Yeah, so. no, for sure. And I, I get that. I'm actually really high on Killing Edge. I, I liked that. Same. Yeah. I'm into that. 
Um, let's see, just a couple more stories. Uh, Amy Hennig, who was uh, sh- she worked on Uncharted one and two, right? Brought two and three, and three, right? And Semaphore before we don't really know what happened there. Well, there's but a falling left. out though, yeah. And then there's she a left. falling out, right? And then she was working on a Star Wars game at EA for a while, and then that got scrapped. And then she's kind of been this free agent floating around for a while, kind of like doing consulting. And now Skydance Media has hired her to launch a new game studio that is going to make story-based games. And you can get the full story. Dean wrote this up. Like, I think he might have broke it. Um, Yeah, I think he got an exclusive. Yeah, he got an exclusive to kind of cover this. And so if you want to get the full story, it's there. Um, But, uh, but, you know, I think this is a good, you know, a good fit for her. Uh, uh, Skydance is, you know, definitely a... It's a Hollywood company. They are going to want narrative-based games uh, to build on their brands and stuff. And I think, you know, uh, Amy can do that for them. So it'd be cool. Are you ready for me to be an elitist whiner again? Please, let's do it. I feel like Skydance is going to make things very similar to Annapurna. And it's going to be very... Again, I feel so elitist about double-A games. But I feel like, you know, these are going to be double-A games. I think Amy Henning works kind of best in AAA, or at least that's just kind of what I'm used to seeing. You're saying in. elitist, but I think that's the wrong word. It's the... What's one of my... What, not, what's the word? It's uh, the, like you're a, a Philistine. You're a Philistine. Philistine. Yeah, I like yeah, that. It sounds like, better. They're making like... Yeah, they're making like uh, games that are a, a little bit uh, high concept, and now, they're about... Like, they're kind of arty and stuff, and you're like, now I, I go, make, go make a blockbuster, a real game. Yeah. Now, I certainly understand why she would probably want to leave that system after like... Four years of her life were wasted well, on that Star Wars game, and she's just—it's just not gonna like uh, her. That kind of thing just doesn't work for her very well anymore. Like, no, I, mean, I mean, she had a falling out with Naughty Dog. She, you know, had a bad experience with EA. So it's like, and know, people aren't putting a lot of money into those games at the AAA level. Like, who's making that stuff? I mean, maybe you can go do it at Microsoft, but I mean, I mean it's, it's Sony, basically Sony and Microsoft right. at this moment, while yeah. it kind of appeases them, but. uh yeah, it's it's weird. So it's it's yeah, I guess like Amy Henning had to find something that makes sense for her, and this makes sense for her. But I am kind of like not nervous, but I'm curious to see what these are going to look like. Yeah, I I appreciate what you're saying though. Like you, like she made a, a bunch of games that you like, and it'd be nice if she continued to do stuff at that level. Right. And clear, like Uncharted Two is like one of my all time favorite games. Like I, I love those games. It's right. Like and she's just not gonna not get the going opportunity to do that. to do that anymore. It just they had right. dried up, and it's that's unfortunate. And I get that. Um. This is a story I wrote today. Uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, how do you feel about that show? Actually, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. I Me thought too. episode one was good. I thought episode two was very good. Yes, I'm. I'm kind of. That's exactly my take as well. Uh, I watched one of the credits because uh, the credits after one of the episodes because you kind of can't skip it because the the app sort of sucks on a lot of these different things. I found it works better on the Shield TV than my actual TV, so I've been doing that. But in the credits uh, was Epic Games, and I'm like, huh? Okay, I remember John Favreau who's. Uh, the basically the executive producer, creator, and writer on the show. Uh, he talks a lot about using game tech and Unreal Engine specifically. I mean, he did a ton of it for Lion King. Right, basically exactly. Like made that movie. Right, he a ton of it for Lion King. Yeah, it's like it, it helps them pre-visualize stuff, but it also helps like them visualize stuff on set, uh, so people can like see, like actors could see what 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 like stuff's going to look like, like but the that, angles and all that. Right, and 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 what I mean when they could see it is there's giant LED like displays behind the set and they create a digital version of the set. And it's not like just a painting because the, 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 these digital displays are smart and aware of where the camera is. So they could do like a lot of parallaxing where like, if you move the camera that the, the displays are slightly adjusting for the camera's position so that it always looks like, like you are shooting on a 3d background. And 
And it, it, it's so realistic that, like John Favreau said on Mandalorian, people will come on the set and be like, I thought you said you weren't going to build all these sets in person right here. And he's like, no, those are those are just TVs back there. Um, and it, it, again, it, it was so effective that, I mean, the idea here is you do this stuff on set so that the lighting is right and the actors have something to look at and they and, and that then you can go into the, the film later and then add the actual special effects. But what they ended up doing is it's so it's it works so well that they were actually able to just point the camera at the actors and at those displays. And it looked realistic enough that many of the shots in Mandalorian are is just that setup with no post effects added on top of that. I'm sure it's like cleaned up, but they they don't like they didn't go back. Well, so in it's rep- like real time graphics. Or right. Yeah. It's real time graphics happening on a computer on set that they can Man. adjust whenever they want. They can go into a VR headset, move stuff around. They can change. They can change the lighting, the position of the sun. That comp- that weather. Like, along with uh, just the fact that that new ride in Disneyland in the Star Wars and in uh, Disney World that that Millennium Falcon ride is also just running on real time graphics that just. Kind of looks as good as anything else. It's it's insane how yes. that parody has gotten. We uh, we are there. We are fully there. And like this is like you know John Favreau is very on, very much on the edge of using Unreal Engine, especially for uh, big time movie productions for Hollywood. Uh, but it feels like everyone's going to begin adopting this because it just it's so it's so it's cheap and the creatives can get in and like make changes way earlier in the process instead of waiting instead of like filming in front of a green screen and then. Months later, sitting in a room and be like, okay, now we have to decide how this is actually going to look. Um, they could do it right there on set and make a ton, have a lot more control. And then he, he explained it like, oh, it, it leads to a lot more happy accidents where um, someone has accidents. Yeah, exactly. Someone has an idea and that but someone else is like, oh, I really like that. Here's what we should do with that. And it builds on each other. And it's like, I know people who make movies love that sort of thing. And so I think it's going to be very popular and really kind of take over Hollywood like very soon. Um, I'm desperate to see like a making of featurette for for the Mandalorian just to see if they have anything so, on that. How have you been feeling about Disney Plus aside from Mandalorian? It's good. Um, I think it's solid. It's I think the, the, the app has some um, issues that I was talking about a little bit, but uh, like like I said, once I started doing it on Shield TV, it's getting much better about playing the next episode, and it's much better about like saving my spot, like not just like per episode, but like also within each episode. Um, and but overall, in terms of like the content available, it's incredible. I mean. I canceled Hulu because I'm like, I mean, there's enough kid stuff on here. I could just get rid of Hulu. Um, it's 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 really impressive. What have you been watching mostly? Oh, a ton of the new DuckTales. So I like binge watch season one. It was so good. It's like it's like this incredible like first it's very it's like very faithful to the comics that I love, but also like creates this weird like Disney afternoon shared universe. Oh, that's cool. It's just very good in itself. Yeah, there's like this one episode that was all kind of about like the gummy bears. It's like historical figures and like <laughs> somebody's relearning how to make gummy berry juice. And like this, they play a song for a second. There's an episode where they get attacked by sky pirates and it's Don Carnage, Don, uh, Don Carnage, the like that reoccurring bad guy from uh, Tailspin. Huh. I'm like, oh, this is all very good. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard nothing but good things about that show, especially since Disney Plus launched. And people are like, oh, this is incredible it's like one of the best shows ever it's actually very well like you know i think there's like this kind of like expectation that a lot of cartoons just now have like that kind of ugly flash animation style this show's animated very well yeah it looks it's still like it's a bit stylistic but like there's a ton of like actual animation like people are moving around yeah i uh i I put on the first episode to see if my kids will get into it i think they were digging it um but Amy wants to watch anything that does have like um, Scrooge McDuck in it. She likes him a lot and stuff like that. Oh, so. Scrooge is the best. A lot of like ho- holiday specials and stuff. And this is coming from me. Scrooge is the best Disney character. Yeah. It's it's really good stuff. Uh, I um 
I'm very excited to like, oh, I, I got some time. Let's put on some Disney+. Plus. I, those Star Wars transfers, I know they don't have like real, real HDR, but it looks so damn good. I haven't uh, actually put any of those on yet. I'll have to. It's like, I, I can't I can't just like do it to look at it. I'm going to have to like watch no, the movie. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, you know, the next movie's coming out soon. So it's like, oh, perfect time for a rewatch. And uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. And I mean, especially. It is coming out soon. Isn't it weird how month. like. I feel like that movie could be good and still be like the third best Star Wars thing coming out this year. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, like for me right now, like yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is heads above, uh, you know, heads, you know, hand and fist above everything else. But I'm, uh, I'm willing to like, oh, okay, I think this new movie could be really good. But I think even if it's not, I'm really happy with where Star Wars is at, just because of this, because uh, of the game and Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I'm getting very excited about that movie, and it's helping to have Disney Plus there to just watch everything. Um, That's what they want. Yep, for sure, they're winning. Whatever, I've already accepted yeah, that they've they, won. Oh, they're won. They're, yeah. oh, they've won. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fine with me. I give up. I'm not going to fight you. You're, you. Like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, We can wrap the show up. There was just one more story: uh, Need for Speed Heat, which oh, that happened. It's a game that happened. Uh, it's just another like open worldy Need for Speed game, like that one that launched with PlayStation Four. Right, and there's a ton of them. Like, there's of like the four or five game. of them this generation, or something like wow. that. Something wild. Like I, that. It sounds like they're all just kind of worse than Forza Horizon, right? Like yes, uh, and but still, I think this is why they keep, it keeps happening because of this tweet. Uh, Need for Speed Heat set a new record during the first week with more of you playing this game than any other Need for Speed title this generation. What? Thanks to our community for bringing the heat. I think. There is a Need for Speed community. There's just this, like, really I think there is. Because, like, I'm, and they realize they don't need to, like, advertise this game. <laughs> I think with, like, it's a WWE press. situation. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I um, I wrote something critical of, like, the first trailer for this game. I'm like, oh, man, they're, like, doing the cops thing, and the cops are, are evil, and they're going to be threatening you. And, like, that, like, and it's like, man, that's kind of, like, if you're going to deal with that, you have to really deal with that. And it just looks kind of whack. And people are like, you haven't played the game, you don't know. And it like this there was a lot of people in my mentions on Twitter getting mad at me for criticizing this game that had fans came out. And yeah, I think there's just a need for speed fan base that shows up for every single one of these. And I'm like, I guess the franchise has been around so long that like kids could have just grown up on it and now they're adults and like this is their series. It's weird because like this to me, the series has been around for so long, but like what does that mean? Like Right, does it have an identity? Right, it's and just it's, cars. I mean, like the one I the original thing with Need for Speed was that it was a racing game where cops would chase you sometimes, right? Right. Like that was the original hook of it. I remember playing like Need for Speed Three on a PC station at Epcot. Like that was my first exposure to the series. Right. I, I'm like, I, I played a few of the games on GameCube or whatever here or there, and I remember thinking, um, oh, I remember hearing like good things about Hot Pursuit early on on PC, and I like years later I would play the PC version. And I'm like, I get it. This is cool. Uh, but they just kept coming out and they kept coming out. And I think it's because of this audience. And now it has this sort of WWE situation where they could release anything, not really market it. And there's going to be a certain number of people who show up every time, no matter what. So <clears throat> I was surprised. I was surprised. But it's like also it confirmed like, OK, that's why there were people in my mentions mad about it because there's there this community or whatever. So, OK, fine, whatever. All right. Uh, I mean, that does it for the news. There was, I mean, a lot happened. A lot happened the last couple of right. weeks. Right. Better be. Yeah. I mean, I even I never talked about BlizzCon on here, but yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Very my stories. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, we were kind of far out from that now, and I mean, whatever. It was. It was sh- crazy. It was a shitty apology, but I think you were right. I think your take about like people just wanted a reason to move on. Uh, I mean, it was. 
think it was it, right. It was certainly it was compared to the other one. It was a great apology. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, right? Yes, true, right? Yeah. I mean, the problem. The, I think the, it was good enough. Now for we're getting into it after I say we won it. But the biggest issue with that was with it was that it wasn't actually an apology to the right people. It was exactly. Just an apology to the audience, which which did deserve an apology, but like less so than you know the player and the broadcasters. But yeah, that's a whole thing. Yep. All right. Um, so yeah, Mike, why don't you just tell people where they could find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O, and check out my other show, uh, Exploring Barrel Podcast, the EB Podcast, and check out 90s Disney at 90sdisney.com. We have a new episode out now about Illuminations, and on uh, next month we're going to be doing an episode on Muppet Christmas Carol, which if you have Disney+, Plus, you can all watch now, so look forward to that. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter and on Twitch and on YouTube. I have um, YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I put up a video of me playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it's you know, an edited 10 minutes, uh, and it kind of goes over my thoughts and stuff. Uh, I go a little bit deeper there than I even did here. So if you want to uh, check that out, that's on YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Check it out there. Uh, otherwise, we are, we're done with this episode. We're getting out of here. Wow. Everybody... Have a good week. I'm going to make Hamburger Helper. I'm, I'm going to go see what my kids are doing and maybe just try to convince my, my wife to let me go get pizza or something because I just don't want to want to lay down and eat eat something like pizza. All right. Yeah, Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye.